0: good evening Newark it's good to be back with you again here we are on a Thursday night getting close to the weekend not sure what that means anymore but here we are so let's open in prayer and begin our devotion for tonight thank you Lord Jesus for the opportunity to come together thank you that we can still study your word that we can still join together in fellowship that we can communicate, that we can love one another, and that we can just continue to be a family, even in times of separation. We ask that your presence and your power would be with us tonight. As we reflect on your scripture, we study your word and draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna start with talking about this castle. Now, if you look at it real close, it looks very grandiose when we're children we all have things that we play with whether it's a castle a tractor a stick the mud we we play with whatever we have whatever's around us and we imagine and we plan and in all of that there is an element of truth of what is real all play is not just imagination because we take As children what is real and what we know and we mix it with what we want things to be we mix it with what we would like it to be so here we have my daughter's castle that was was gifted to her from some friends of ours and she set it up for me and it's all very nice very neat very orderly and as I was looking at it I thought this house castle probably isn't any bigger than the house most of us live in now it's tall it's three stories but it's very thin (laughs) so if you look at it close it looks like there might be a bathroom all the way at the top which could be problematic in an emergency Uh, there's a bedroom looks like a makeshift children's bedroom and possibly a room for a bedroom over here a kitchen area in the middle a little dessert area and a sitting room and and that's that's the castle but with a little imagination the castle goes a long way and we have we have many of these things in our in our own homes we have indoor plumbing we have a bathroom we have everyone has at least one place to sleep uh, a place to visit and a place to eat and really this this castle doesn't have much more than that but as we grow from children into adults, and, and sometimes even as children, we have these tendencies, but, but we add to the vision. We add to the story. We, we get our first apartment. We get our first little condo or our first house, and, and we begin to put things in it, and uh, we, we improve things, and we go shopping, and, and we find some things to add um, as children play, they find things to add. We add cute little additions to our rooms. We, we decorate. Guys, you may not decorate quite so much, but you do add. Uh, we, we add treasures. We find things. Uh, maybe we find money. We have treasures from events, things that remind us of something special. Um, we want to bring in a little more nature. We, uh, we bring in a little system here maybe sit around and listen to some music or if there was a screen on there you could watch something we bring in uh, more specialized food that as we get older we like uh, entertainment more kids something to make us a little cozy and the castle, the house, whatever we have begins to get full and we have to add more and we go shopping and we come home with extra. It's a little noisy digging through all this stuff. And we we end up with more and more and more and more until it doesn't quite look as pretty as it used to look. So, we add more. And how does this look now? Is this a place you would want to vacation? There's not really... There's not really room for much, is there? The more that we add, the more fun we have, the more we shop. And we could fill this till stuff was falling out of it. But, but you and I tend to add things to our lives. My father, when he was in college, one of his professors told him, told the whole class, he said, I'm going I'm to give you some advice. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you something that's going to happen to each and every one of you here. He said, you are all going to graduate or leave this school. And you are going to come down with a syndrome. And as you age and as you grow and you get a family, you're going to get something called full hall closet syndrome. He said, I'm telling you now in hopes that some of you will remember this. And you won't let it happen to you he said but you're going to get full hall closet syndrome and you're going to begin to uh, get things you're going to get an apartment you're going to get a home you're going to begin to amass things toys um, furniture clothes stuff you're going to get lots of stuff and the more stuff you bring in the more stuff you have to take care of and he said There will be a day when you wake up and you realize that much of your time is consumed with taking care of, maintaining, moving around, adjusting all of these things that you have. And you can't even get in your closets because they're so full. And you will have finally reached full hall closet syndrome. And the things in your life will take over your life. And you will spend more time taking care of the things that you have than you will actually enjoying the things that you have. And my dad said at the time, you know, it really didn't make a lot of sense. But he's remembered that through the years and he's tried to not let the things in his life take over his life. But it happens without even realizing it. It creeps up on all of us. And and tonight I want to talk for a few minutes about the church at Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 13, I, mean, I apologize, chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, we, we hear about the church at Laodicea. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Now, that's what I remember about the church at Laodicea. I've heard many messages on be hot or cold. But I I don't know that I've taken much time to read further than verse 16 that says, but since you are lukewarm, like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I've heard that part. But verse 17 says, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. How many times have I said those very words? I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and poor and blind and naked so i advise you to buy gold from me gold that has been purified by fire then you will be rich also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness an ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see i correct and discipline anyone and everyone that i love so be diligent in turn from your indifference Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Then I'm going to go to Luke chapter 12 verse 15. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 30 through 31. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. Paul is not instructing the church not to use the things that we need in this life. He's not suggesting we don't purchase things. He's not saying don't have a house. He's saying don't become attached to those things. I have a friend who one of his favorite quotes in jest is he who dies with the most toys wins. (laughs) This is not true. (laughs) It's not the way we want to live our lives. But sometimes that attitude, that little bit of spirit can get, we can become that. We can begin amassing things and putting things here that we want because it's fun. And we become attached to our things and we feel like winners. When we come home with the things we've purchased, the things we bought, the things we created, makes us feel like a winner, even if it's short-lived. But First John chapter 2 says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. I've felt that pride before. I've had pride in my achievements and pride in my possessions. These are not from the Father but are from this world and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Paul describes the journey that we are living this journey as a race we all start at different stages in our life on this race on this journey but each one of us must run. There will be times of triumph, victory. There will be times of great sadness and trial for each person. Sometimes we will run together and there will be times when we feel like we're running alone. But the longer we run, the longer we pursue, is it possible that there are times we can actually fall in love with the race? We can fall in love with our own running how we run what about what about my running stats how's my journey going we can fall in love with our abilities what we have gained during our race so far how we look while we're running our ability to breathe through certain strains without showing it everything's okay I got this or Maybe you're on the the opposite end. Maybe the longer you run, you're more displeased with how far you've come, where the path might have taken you. Maybe you're displeased with who you're running with or what the race has required. Maybe our expectations of the race have not been met. Or the terrain has been difficult and we've just fallen one too many times. In both of these scenarios, the same thing has happened. Focus has been shifted from the finish line to the race. The resurrection is no longer in sight, only the here and the now. When we focus on the race, we are no longer energized by the idea or the vision of the finish line. First John 2:15 through 17 I'm going to read it one more time. It says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And, if, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. John is turning the focus of the believers back to the hope of a resurrection. Because of the resurrection of our Savior, which we have just celebrated we have a hope of being resurrected as well to live forever with jesus our focus must stay on the finish line our motto our motto motto, forgive me our motto cannot be he who dies with the biggest house wins our focus cannot be on having the best the largest being the richest Maybe being the busiest, the most important, having the most social media attention, always insisting on presenting with perfection, being the most creative, drawing the most attention, or improving until we are on the top. All of those things draw our attention to ourselves just like the Church of Laodicea. We could find ourselves wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, all the while surrounded by our things, surrounded by our own pride, and our own insistence on the best and perfection and having the most. We will find ourselves with full hall closet syndrome. In our spirits but just like Jesus he extended hope to the Laodiceans he said I stand at the door and knock welcome me in Jesus was saying, I'll come in I'll visit with you I'll help you clean house we'll get this thing back on track he was not condemning them without hope he was convicting them and calling them back to himself just like he does to us today the author of hebrews extends hope to you and i when we become focused on ourselves and focused on the race hebrews 12 1 through 2 says therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus helps, helps us and perfects our faith. We don't perfect ourselves. That comes through the work of the Spirit in our lives. We can drop these weights on the ground and continue our race towards the finish line and the resurrection that awaits us. We can refocus our attention. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul ends with, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. He says this in 2 Timothy. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. We have that hope. We have hope in the resurrection. Each of us during this time, this pandemic, this shelter at home, we have been paused in some way. Even if we're working, even if things on our job have stayed consistent, we have still been paused in certain areas. We can take this time to evaluate the things that have arrested and bound our focus. What can you and I do to shift our focus back to the finish line? Normally we end in a prayer, but tonight I would like us to take 30 seconds and I want each person to close your eyes and to think of what Is taking your focus away from your prize what is keeping you what is keeping your eyes and your focus from the finish line the hope of a resurrection what makes you want to stay on this earth and not look forward to the resurrection that Christ has for us So I'd like you to bow your heads for 30 seconds and just ask God to help you think of what has arrested your focus. That's not very much time, but I'm sure there's something that came to everyone. I ask that the Lord would help us to remember why we run. Remember why we're on this race. And to help us keep our focus on the finish line. Good night. We love you.